Are your kids watching too much TV? Do they sit in the living room all day with the repetitive sounds of Bluey in the background? Have they bypassed the parental controls and have some, somehow found Satan lurking in the depths of the paid channels and now they won't stop speaking in tongues and ripping their flesh off their bodies? Have no fear. We have the perfect service for parents with pesky possessed children. All you have to do is call 666-666-3984 and we can walk you through on how to transfer the demon to an animal of your choice. Once the demon is in the animal, our crew will come in and slit its throat right in front of your entire family. Then your kids will be back to their precious selves, and bonus, you have dinner for the night. Bang for your buck, quick and easy and affordable, just a small payment of an innocent animal's soul and trauma that will forever haunt you. Butchering, cleanup, and therapy not included. Exorcists sold separately. Standard shipping and messaging rates may apply. talk i am sydney lee auditioning for the role of a lifetime trying not to screw things up too badly um i'm here with our beloved host bryce hansen and he's obviously thrilled to have me <laughs> we're going back to our roots and reviewing horror movies new theatrical releases get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible um, make sure you rate and review and subscribe on iTunes, full video on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure to share. Um, also, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash talk, the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store. And if you want to add your pee to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. Woohoo! So, today we've got a great show. We're reviewing The Pope's Exorcist. Um, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score. We score on a scale from 1 to 10. Uh, after we give the score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Um, and later, I kind of made up a game. Um, guess the movie by the famous quote. Um, I got a couple of them there. Um... I don't know. I kind of made, I, I don't know how it will work, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. That's. <laughs> You're but... just like, this seems kind of lame, but I can do it in time. Yeah. yeah that's the not? process of doing a horror movie talk episode. <laughs> but, so yeah. I'm assuming they're all horror movies? Yes, they're all horror movies. So I guess the horror movie by the famous quote oh, okay. would probably be a. Um, but I don't know. I kind of didn't pick the most famous quotes from the movies to try to make it a little harder. But Nice. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Um, the Pope's Exorcist is streaming on Netflix right now. I hope they don't take it down. 
because that would be annoying if this came out and it was gone. Because they tend mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, all right. So, the synopsis of the movie, um, it's a 2023 film that follows Father Ga- Gabrielli or Gabriel, they say, like, 20 different names in the movie. Um, but Gabrielli Amorth, um, he was the real-life chief exorcist of the Vatican from 1986 to 2016. Um, and he goes around to possibly possessed adults and children and cures them of their affliction through unconventional and sometimes frowned-upon methods. Um, the movie follows Amorth, played by the award-winning actor Russell Crowe, as he tries to get rid of a very powerful demon that has attached itself to a little American boy named Henry, who has just moved into an inherited Spanish castle with his mother and sister. Um, this movie is based on true events and documents from the Vatican, as well as being based on two books Father Amorth wrote before his death in 2016. There are some true elements to the story, but a lot of it has been fictionalized to make this slightly scary, sometimes funny exorcism movie. Um, so yeah, um, in reviewing this movie, like we have to take into account how many movies try to be the exorcist, um, and ultimately fall flat because no one could top the 1973 horror classic, possibly the greatest horror movie of all time. One of the greatest movies period of all time. It's an, But this movie definitely takes cues from its predecessor with the possessed boy shouting obscenities at his mother and the priests, body contortions, suspenseful and mysterious scenes, and an origin story for the demon that honestly was refreshing to all the other long played out demon stories. Um, This movie got better the longer it ran, but it is in no way a slow paced movie. Every minute has you wanting to keep watching. Um, It starts off a bit basic for for longtime horror movie lovers like me but it got more interesting as it progressed. And within a, about an 100-minute runtime, I think it's the perfect length for a movie night. Um, the script is very basic and mimics many other exorcism movies, and at times the characters will probably be better off not speaking than saying their bare-bones lines to keep the plot moving. But whoever wrote this movie was obviously highlighting Russell Crowe. They gave him the best lines, the most backstory, in a way he was the most, if not only, interesting character in the entire film. He solves everyone's problems, he makes the char- characters and audience laugh, and we can sympathize with him while also being very interested in what his next move should be. As a viewer, it seems as though he had the time of his life fi- filming this movie, and that is what makes it watchable, in my opinion. There were some good gory scenes, some of the lines from The Possessed Boy were so outrageous that it made me step back and say, okay, maybe this movie has a lot more going for it than I had originally thought. Ultimately, it is very entertaining but it would have been nothing without Russell Crowe. And for my score, I gave it a seven and a half out of 10. What did you think? No, sorry, Sydney. Uh, I'm going to have to call you out. That's compromise. You either got to choose seven or 10. Oh, or so, okay. you have to choose seven, seven or eight. You, you can't split it down the, the middle. Shit. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to go with eight then I'll round up. Okay. I, I liked it. Good. I liked All it. Right. Um, yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised with the quality of this movie. Um, I think it won me over with the, with the opening scene and like some of the, the dialogue around that where it's like, (laughs) yeah, these people aren't actually possessed. Like they just think they are. And so there's a little bit of, you know, um, um, showmanship, you know, that, that, uh, father Amorth displays and I'm like, 
yeah that feels closer to an actual real life exorcist <laughs> than than um you know what's portrayed in most movies mm-hmm. um so it was it was a breath of fresh air and then it it gets um pretty wacky um t- you know when it gets into the actual you know possession and exorcism and 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 towards the end it was like more more of an action movie than you know a you know an exorcism movie well it's both but i mean it's it felt more like uh the feel of a buddy cop movie especially like (laughs) the very last scene where like yeah can't do it alone (laughs) gotta have my partner with me like high five you know and it's like okay i see what you're doing here and they're setting they're trying to set it up for like a series it seems like to me and mm-hmm. i think the formula could work of having kind of a lighter um you know actiony tone it, it's actually felt pretty similar to constantine um now that i think of it like i've actually never seen that yeah constantine was a little more playful with like the religious aspects and like and it's not as cut and dry in terms of an exorcist movie but um but yeah it's very similar in terms of like there's a war there's like the rules with and like lore around demons and and you know kind of the people fighting them fighting the war on the surface kind of thing um i enjoyed it it was an enjoyable movie i don't think it's um particularly extraordinary in any aspect but i i enjoyed watching it i'd i'd give it a seven i was thinking about a six but no it was it was like it was a good time uh throughout most of it um and and anything that i was like eh that's okay it's more of like a choice of tone and um direction with the with the movie than anything that they did wrong. So in terms of like their intention of what they're trying to do with it, like I think they did it really well. Um, and again, Russell Crowe does kind of carry the movie. It's got, it's got a pretty good cast. Um, Alexandra Esso, um, we've seen in, um, what was it? Midnight mass. Yeah. Midnight mass. Um, Dr. Sleep. She played Wendy Torrance and Dr. Sleep. Right. Um, and she was also in the haunting of Bly Manor. So I mean, she's been in Flanagan stuff, and she's really good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, everyone else is like, I, right. you know, the the kids were were kids. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, it was it was an enjoyable movie. I'd give it a seven out of ten. All right. Well, I I'm glad that our scores are similar because yeah, I think it was it was entertaining. If if any if it wasn't anything else. I was like, all right, I can watch this movie. It's bearable. I'm having fun with it. And, like, you know, if you're not looking to get, like, super scared, like, that's a good alternative to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. It didn't – I think the the highest compliment I can pay it is it didn't feel like a retread. Like, it wasn't like every other exorcism, exorcist movie, you know, where it was like – I mean, it had had those elements. It had, like – you know the possessed boy and the actual exorcism and and going through it but it was like it added on a little more lore and interest to it and like background for the characters that most movies don't um yeah so i agree i agree i think that it wouldn't have 
it, it it's really hard to like make a new kind of exorcism movie and like this mm-hmm. wasn't new and by any means but like i do agree that they didn't just like stick to the formula that like every other exorcism movie has been doing for years and years and years like they definitely yeah. added some fun new things with it and the pope's in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, you know wish.com pope john paul ii was in it yeah my i watched the first time i watched this i've seen it twice now i watched it with um my dad and my stepmom and my stepmom was like that looks nothing like pope john paul ii like that does not look like right. him at all. <laughs> and i was like I, I had to google a picture of him but it does not <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird that they're like you know just like any horror movie that like plays the based on a true story these things actually happen but then they don't like say Pope John Paul II. Like, right. but if you're looking at the time frame, that's definitely who it's supposed to be. And yeah, so whatever. It doesn't have to be all accurate, right? <laughs> but we'll get into more of that in the spoilers. Um, so. If you're listening to these commercials, you know you shouldn't have to. If you subscribe to the Horror Movie Talk Patreon, um, you can get early access to episodes and you can skip all the commercials. Um, And uh, like Bryce said in the last couple episodes, the HMT shop is back on. Um, It's up. You can order all your Horror Movie Talk merch there like sweatshirts and t-shirts and stuff like that um and also um of course check out our resident artist dustin goble he's a professional artist who fucks hard he also takes commissions for artwork from horror movie talk fans so go for it contact him at dgobel 0 on instagram and make your artistic dreams come true and tell him that we sent you um also, uh, like always, we mentioned it before, but um, call us on our voice, leave us a voicemail. We'll play you on the podcast if you're cool. If you're not, we won't. Um, so that number is 682-253-4468. So thanks again, and let's get into spoilers. Yeah. Spooky spoilers. Ooh. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I like this movie a lot. I like this movie. Um, it was it was fun. There was a lot of funny moments. Um, it was very action-y, like you said. Um, but, yeah, it, um, it starts off with a quote from the actual Father Amorth, which is, when we jeer at the devil and tell ourselves that he does not exist, that is when he is the happiest. And in my opinion, I did not think that that really played into the themes of the movie. Um, but I think they just kind of chose a quote that said, like, devil in it that he said. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. like, here, this is good for a movie about possession. Because, like, it's not, I don't know, there's, like, nothing in the movie that's really, like, the devil doesn't exist. Like, the 
Uh, like, they play a little bit into it with the kind of the politics and the in the Catholic Church where they're trying to get rid of you know the 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 job title of exorcist kind of thing where it's like yeah. we don't want people to talk about evil anymore um doesn't exist so um yeah the there's a little bit of that of like trying to turn a blind eye to you know the necessity of exorcists yeah in reality is there's probably none but uh <laughs> it, it kind of touches on that but then it like goes hard into like no not only does evil exist but all evil that the catholic church did also is because of it's not our fault um don't that was oh that was that was wild that was such a wild choice to be like oh you know the spanish inquisition it's yeah. because the catholic church was possessed we yeah. wouldn't have done anything that bad like wow absolutely insanity i don't know who wrote this movie i didn't even look that up but i was just like this is i think i wrote like yeah hilarious that they were like oh my god the crusades happened because the guy was possessed by a demon we would never do anything like that <laughs> see see it's not our fault it's not our fault that we killed so many people for not converting and put their heads in this well filled with sulfur and <laughs> buried mm -hmm. them underground in spain um yeah it was that was really funny i'm assuming i don't know because i i feel like also with that point also like i feel like super catholic people did not receive this movie well um i feel like it was kind of looked down upon like it has like kind of middle of the road reviews like rotten tomatoes has like 49 percent which is, like, kind of surprising, but I think it probably is because, like, people who are Catholic were like, this is blasphemy. Like, we don't have an exorcist, even though there definitely was one. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this this was based on a real person. There's actually a right. documentary. <laughs> this, is, this is weird. There's a documentary on Father Amorth called The Devil and Father Amorth, that oh. came out in 2017 um, about him performing an exorcism, and it's directed by William Friedkin, which is the director of The Exorcist. Are you? Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, I don't, from what I hear, it's not that good. And I think, like, it's probably one of those things where you watch and you're like, when you see a real exorcism, you're like a little more like... <laughs> Okay, so these are just kind of kooky people that we're talking about. Like everyone involved, the the priest and the you know victims of the extra of the demonic possession. They're like, seems like they just want a lot of attention about this thing. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think in the trivia it talks about Father Amorth. His favorite movie is The Exorcist, and he became friends with William Friedkin afterwards um that's so cool <laughs> like... so yeah it's 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 kind of interesting that he's he's a real person but yeah i mean you watch this movie and you're like well obviously that didn't happen or right. didn't happen anywhere close to that because you know the spanish inquisition wasn't because of a possession i think we can all agree on that no um I like probably the the true to life elements of the movie are probably like 
how Father Morth acted and like how he got investigated a lot by the, his own church and like because they didn't know what like his practices might have not been conventional and like yeah I think like the whole like um, probably the entire exorcism at in Castile Spain in that yeah that probably maybe something like that happened maybe he did go to Castile and like whatever but. Yeah, it's I think whenever they say it's based on a true story, it's more like there are people that exist that have these names <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that are loosely associated with the concept that this movie is talking about. Definitely. But after that, it's like, yeah, we're not going to, you know. I mean, you look at the Conjuring movies and they're like, yes, this totally happened. And you're like, this didn't have this didn't happen yeah. at all and there's like you know so many annabelle spinoffs that i'm like okay did all 10 of these movies happen can someone can, can someone prove that <laughs> yeah. right now thank you um <laughs> but yeah so um the beginning of the movie just kind of it's like a month or so before um what like the actual events of the movie that are going to take place and it kind of just sets up like how father morth is like he doesn't really even though he's like the exorcist for the Vatican, he doesn't really um, believe that everyone that says they're possessed is possessed. Like there's a scene where he says like, oh, 98% of these is just like some mental instability that like I can regulate. And then the other 2% are like pure evil. And so the beginning scene is just kind of like, he's, I thought it was funny because he was like, uh, like the guy who was talking okay so there's a guy that's possessed there's a guy that's possessed and they call in father morth and one of the priests is like oh he's he's been speaking english and he's italian like how could he know english and father morth is like do they have a tv that plays american Mm -hmm. shows like it's Mm -hmm. like he's like i don't believe these people and it's like a very quick one-two kind of thing. He like transfers Satan into a pig and kills the pig and is like, all right, this is over. I'm going home. Right. And yeah. everything's fine. And I appreciate how they how they played it because it's not like, it's not obvious that that's, you know, that he doesn't believe that this guy is possessed. He's just asking right. questions and he's going through this process but then you know when he talks about it afterwards like yeah he wasn't he wasn't actually possessed but he was mentally ill and you know i mean even in the exorcist the you know the original one Mm -hmm. when it suggested that that chris mcneil go see an exorcist it's more of like well there's people that exist in the world that think that they're possessed and if you go through the motion of like doing this right it can actually help them you know right like um and so that's kind of like what what's happening here is like this guy thinks he's possessed and he's like going through the motion and so if you do a little bit of showmanship and and you know say use the iconography of the religion to tell a story to the person that's quote unquote possessed then they'll believe it and they'll be healed yeah. Um I think it's a pretty good uh, depiction of that. I don't think I've ever seen that done um in an exorcism movie uh, that yeah. I've seen. And I, I thought it was pretty cool. But then it also opens it up where he's like, well there's then there's actual possession. There's that you know saying he actually has experienced that evil. Yeah. Um, 
because he gets to um he gets back to the Vatican and he's like they like call him in for like a meeting and they're like what were you doing there why what were you were you exercising him you didn't get approval from us to do that and he was like no he wasn't actually possessed and they were like well this guy said that he invoked the name of Satan so you you should have you should have told us about it and he's like guys can I just like do my job. Like, I know what I'm doing, like, can you fuck off, basically, and, um, yeah, they kind of, they kind of present that, like, board as, like, the bad guys, like, there's this one specific guy, um, I think his name is Cardinal Sullivan or something, and he's really against, like, what Father Amorth does, and wants to really get rid of, like, the whole exorcism wing, but... That obviously changes throughout the movie because we get a really, really crazy possession. Really crazy. Um, So it flashes forward like a month and it's 1987 in Castile, Spain. And um, there's a mom, a son, and a daughter who just inherited this castle because the dad died and that's the only thing that he left to them and they have no money so they have to like go and live in Spain um, while they fix up this really creepy castle like this really disgusting like scary no lights on like decrepit like doesn't have heating I know it doesn't like there's mm-hmm. no way that you can be warm in a place like that um yeah, it just, it really looks like textbook, like, you're gonna get killed in here. And, you know, you know, crazy shit happens. <laughs> like, so, so basically, the while they're doing the renovations, the son, um, so the son hasn't talked since the dad died. And then you find out a little bit later that, like, it was a car accident and he saw his dad die. So it's, like, super traumatic. Um, and the son goes in the basement and he sees, like, this weird seal, um, thing, and then it, like, cracks when he looks at it, and that's kind of, like, what I thought was, like, the point of possession. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, like, later on, the construction workers are doing stuff down there, and they, like, accident, they, like, light a lighter to, like, look at stuff, and it kills one of them, basically, because there was there's a bunch of sulfur down there. Yeah, there was, like, a natural gas leak. Or something. It, that that was, like, unclear to me, where it's, like, the construction workers, like, just left because they discovered some kind of gas leak. Yeah. But then they, you know, that might explain the whole movie, is that the fact that the family stays, like, you know, natural gas leak, uh, or, you know, a... Uh, carbon monoxide leak like that could explain people think that they're being possessed and have you know night terrors and whatnot That's a good um point. I they, they just stay they just stay there they don't address like there's no like plumber that comes out that like yep. fixes a pipe he's like oh i guess i guess we're just breathing gaseous cancerous air oh well what are no, we gonna do no windows open nothing just and then they're just like, ah, oh, damn, the construction workers left. What are we going to do? That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah. So I think, like, later that day when the construction workers are like, fuck this, I'm out, um, the, the kid, like, wakes up and he says, like, mommy, and he hasn't talked in a year. So she's like, oh, my God. And then he's like, you're all going to fucking die in here. 
And she's like, oh, shit. And he starts, like, convulsing, so they take him to the hospital, and they're like, psychosis, here's some meds. And she's like, right. no! She's so upset. She's like, that's not what's wrong with him. Like, And they were like, well, he did he experience trauma recently? And she's like, oh, shit, yeah, he saw his dad die. And then they're like, this is probably why he's acting like this, ma'am. Like, please take him away. And, mm-hmm. um... They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Um, and then kid starts being creepy. Kid starts doing creepy stuff. He's like, "Bring me the priest." So they bring him a priest, and it's he's like, he's no, like, not that one. He like throws him against a fucking like bookshelf, and like he falls on the floor. Like, he's like, "Wrong fucking priest." Um. So yeah, which is a very yeah. action movie line. <laughs> Wrong fucking priest. <laughs> And you're like, okay, can you be more specific? <laughs> there know, are a lot of priests. There you know. are many, especially like Spain is a Catholic country for the most part. Right. So they're yeah. everywhere. Um, but yeah, somehow the Pope gets wind of this and is like, Father Amort, they need you. They need you down there. You're going to, you're going to do it. And the best thing is that I was like, does Father Amort ride his moped? From the Vatican? <laughs> That's a good question. Because he yeah. leaves the Vatican on the moped and then right. he pulls up to Spain. Like, there's a whole montage of him riding it through the mountains. Like, <laughs> Right. It would be fucking rough yeah. to go. I mean, he'd have to drive through the Alps, right? I think so. I think it's like... Or is it... What is the, what is the mountain range between... France and Italy. I, you know, I don't know that. <laughs> oh, well, you're an excellent fit for horror movie talk. Thank what can you. we say? <laughs> Thank you so much. But I do know that it's like a 17 hour drive, and there's no way that you can do that shit on a moped. Mm-hmm. Like, the tires would like blow or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no it's 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 crazy i mean it's it yeah it does feel like it starts delving into the action movie stuff around here where it's like pope's like you son of a bitch i gotta send you in again you know (laughs) and he like straps up he's ready to go yeah i love the moped and he's got like a ferrari sticker on the moped which i thought it was a nice touch for the character um yeah, I mean, Russell Crowe's character is, is like, kind of an interesting, yeah. Uh, has enough to, like, have a little touch of humor on it. It's, it's interesting that they, you know, he's a professional exorcist. Like, that's his job. Mm-hmm. And so, unlike other exorcism movies where it's either someone that's not really believing in it or is, like, just being a fraud. Um, like, The Last Exorcist, The Last Exorcism kind of had... This guy that was like, yeah, this isn't real, but I'm, I'm gonna get paid for it, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other side is like, just kind of the face of the church, of a Catholic priest coming in and performing a rite, and it's just like, it it either takes it completely seriously or not. And then this is this movie's kind of in in between where it's like, he's a professional, uh, he knows what he's doing, and he knows most of the time it's bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still talks about it as if it's real. So, 
Um, yeah, he comes and like it really ramps up um, when he gets there, mm-hmm. and like it, it it pulls no punches um, and doesn't slow roll anything around this possession. Um, Not at all. And they try again, like I talked about in the the Exorcist two episode. Like I think one of the things that other exorcism movies don't approach the exorcist on is just how taboo the exorcism the exorcist went with the possession and this one like touches on it a little like because because the the boy like grabs his mom's tit and he's like give me some milk you fat cow and uh you're like (laughs) Jesus. All right. That was intense. Like I was I yeah. was not expecting that cuz he was just kind of doing like I mean, he was obviously possessed and but he was just kind of like fuck you and like, you know, knocking on the wall and stuff like that. And it was like, okay, okay, ghost po- the paranormal shit, whatever, whatever. And then he just goes out and does that. And you're yeah. like, holy shit, man. That was that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah, it, it approaches it, but for some reason, like it, this kid distracted me. It's, it's kind of weird. So they, the voice. Did did you recognize the voice at all of the possessed boy? Well, I knew it wasn't the boy. It wasn't the boy. No. Um, it's kind of buried in here. Let me. Uh, let me find the full cast list okay um the voice of what we later find out is asmodeus yep is voiced by ralph innocent which is the father from the witch no way yeah and also he was the green knight in the green in the green knight he's he's been in a bunch of stuff but he's that guy and after i found that i was like oh yeah that's that's right very much like a kind of an english like uh, working class accent um that makes so much sense because i definitely was like this it doesn't just sound like it's like computer generated or they like altered the kid's voice it definitely sounds like someone's voice and now that you're saying that like yeah it sounds exactly like the green knight like exactly (laughs) yeah he's that's one of the things that kind of drew me out is that the kid was not fantastic at at uh lip syncing you know and he was kind of overacting on on the stuff and it was like it's a little cringe um yes i agree you know compared to i don't and it makes you appreciate appreciate the exorcist too because it was like i was never distracted by that that it was a different voice no uh for the possessed person man linda blair must have done a fantastic job at lip syncing that but she's um, obviously an insanely talented actress you know what i think what it is probably here's for actors you know if you're looking for tips for lip syncing like i think with with uh linda blair she was like usually delivering the lines for like gritted teeth or like kind of not moving her mouth very much you know and this kid was like, ah. yeah, it you was know. so like cartoony. Yeah, it was. And that was my complaint with it, too, was like, I really didn't. 
his acting took me out of it a lot. Like, I really didn't think he was doing that good of a job until later in the movie when he's, like, really possessed and he has that crazy makeup on his face. Like, that's when it made more sense because his lip was, like, swollen, so he couldn't really move his mouth as much. So that's yeah. when it... That's when it was better for me as, like, the movie went on. Like I said in, like, the, the review that I gave at the beginning, like, the movie... The possession aspect got better as the movie went on because the kid got more, like, fucked up and he couldn't really overact anymore. He could just, like, act through the makeup, which was a little bit better. But, yeah, he wasn't the greatest kid actor I've ever seen by Yeah. You know, one of the other things about this kid actor that that pulled me out, and actually it's kind of true for most of the family... I was so bothered by his hair for for some reason. Like, so this is set in 1987. Yeah. So, I mean, I was five. Old. Like, when when this came out. But, I mean, I was a kid. Yes. Like, I'm a kid of the late 80s and, and early 90s. So, I'm like, I'm familiar. And it, there's, like, you don't have to go full wedding singer and, like, flock of seagulls. But <laughs> yeah. there there's a there's kind of, like... If you're going to do a period piece, like, at least get the hairstyles close, you know? Yes. And this kid, like, he looks like he stepped right out of 2020. Yep. Like, yep. this kid's hairstyle. Let me see if I can find a picture. <laughs> like. Yeah, like. I mean, th this isn't a great view of it, but I mean, this is like Harry Styles, you know? Yes. This is like. And and same with the the daughter. She had kind of a relatively modern haircut, but it was more like like it was it was like halfway close to something that could work. So you either like do a, yeah. a rocker haircut where it's like you know you're a headbanger, or you do like a punk haircut, but they were doing nowhere close to any of those i think the mom too just had like kind of like straight hair yeah like and their outfits were not very 80s either like the only thing 80s about the movie was that they had walkmans that they were constantly listening to music like the kids were constantly listening to 80s pop and so you were like yeah this movie's from the 80s but like the daughter was wearing like a tank top and shorts which is pretty like universal like and like the kid was wearing well, no, yeah the 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 daughter like her yeah her costume pulled me way out because the main thing about the costume was there is uh exposed midriff which would not exist in the late 80s no for women like that's just not like this isn't the the time of bulky sweaters like it's it's chunky I don't know. I, it's not like I know anything about fashion or, or hair, hairstyles, but I know enough that I'm like, this is way off and distracting. Like, this is a kid from the 2020s that's supposedly a kid of the 80s, and it just does I mean, not ring true. And the other thing is, like, if you're going to go, like, with the girl, like, if she has hair like that, you're going to say she's more of a rocker, a punk rocker, but then she's, like, listening to 
Duran Duran or something yeah. on her Walkman. I'm like, yes. you got to be consistent with these characters or like try a little harder. They, yeah, um, they really didn't. Um, they, and they could have totally set this in the like 2000s. Like they could have totally done that because this guy right. didn't die till 2016. So he was obviously still the chief exorcist. There's no reason that it had to be in the 80s. Like there was right. nothing about the movie that was like, oh, this deliberately needs to be unless like maybe they wanted it to to do it like early in his like career as the chief exorcist of the Vatican because this was like a year after he became the chief exorcist but like still like there was literally nothing in the like you could have said that in 2012 and I would have been like yeah same exact movie would have been like I got it yeah makes sense yeah exactly like it's it's doesn't it barely tries to be in the 80s yeah um so yeah, so Father Marth arrives and you know starts like trying to exercise the demon. Um, there's several setbacks, and a lot of them have to do with like the demon trying to um, expose and exploit weakness in the priests around their unresolved sins. You know, supposedly unresolved. Yeah. So like the main one is with Father Amorth. Like he's there is an exorcism that he didn't perform, and the girl committed suicide um, that he f- still feels guilty about. And then the other priest um, was f- fucking some girl on the side. Yeah, he just like yeah. straight up has a girlfriend. <laughs> like, and yeah, so like uh, Russell Crowe has like two main sins, I would say. Because, like, there's the girl that he didn't exercise because she was mentally ill, and he was like, I don't take care of the mentally ill, I just take care of the possessed. And then after that happened, he felt so, she kills herself, he feels so bad that he's like, okay, I do take care of the mentally ill now because I need to, like, Mm -hmm. you know, reparations or whatever. Um, But then he has, I don't even know if this is, like, a sin, but he keeps going back. He was, like, part of the resistance in World War II, and yeah it's what did he do wrong there like i didn't understand like there was just like a cardinal like (laughs) there was like a bird and the bird keeps coming back but yeah it like the demon makes him like flashback and like puts him back in his own shoes in world war ii and i guess like his whole company died yeah, like, all of his all of his soldier friends got shot just around him, and then we see him on the ground looking like he's faking being dead as the Germans are stepping over him and mocking him for being a coward or just calling out, like, where he is. And it's like, so he survived and didn't... I mean, it's not like he was like, hey, Nazis, hey, you guys got a good thing going. I th- I'd like... To I'd subscribe to your newsletter. Like, it's like, you know, it no. could have been easy to be like, oh, he was actually part of the fascist, you know, Italian regime. That's what like, I thought that... at first. Because like, why would right. you? Like, he's Italian, so it's like, oh shit! Like, what? What? Why is he in World War Two? Why are we showing this? Do we really want to go there? And then it was like, no, I was part of the resistance. It was like, oh, okay, cool. So what did you do wrong? You played dead. Isn't that what they teach you to do? Like, and why were the Germans in Italy? (laughs) Were they even in Italy? I don't, there was, that was not clear. I think they were just trying to, 
I don't know what no, they. I guess they. I guess they must have been. Did, they, were they? I don't know. They didn't. I, I don't know. Anything. Yeah, that, that was that was kind of weird and unclear. Um, what was going on there? But yeah, I mean, it was mostly like, I mean, you got your protagonist, and you don't want him to actually have flaws, I guess. But uh, right. Um, because the the girl killing himself, like he feels guilty about it, of course, but like it really isn't his fault. <laughs> Um, ultimately, but he just feels really bad, and, like, it's something that he's, like, confessed his sins about, but he still feels guilty, so that's why the demon, like, is going after that. But then the other guy, the priest, Tomas, um, he went, so, before you you do an exorcism, you're supposed to, like, be absolved of your sins, and so Father Amorth is like, okay, Tomas, I'm gonna, like, do... I'm gonna absolve you of your sins. When's the last time you did confession? He goes, eight months ago. And he was like, Oh my God, bro. Like what? He was like, all right, well, don't even say all your sins from eight months. You're absolved. God loves you, whatever. Um, uh-huh. So then they don't find out that that's his sin until like, it's kind of too late. And Tomas, like um, Henry, the possessed kid is like, Oh, your, your girlfriend, Abella, like, I bet you miss her or something like that. And then he like strangles Henry <laughs> and father more is like, don't do that. Um, don't do that. Um, that's what he wants. Please, please stop. And then he's like, why right. didn't you tell me about your girlfriend? He's like, I've, I don't know, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, what the hell? But, um, yeah. I like yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird what they're, they're doing with that because it's like, okay. So I guess like, I don't know. Cause they're trying to play it both ways that like, oh, he actually has a sin and you could either play it as like, no, that's very bad and he like it's his fatal flaw or like this movie plays it's like yeah he, he repents he's he's fine just ignore ignore that he you know took advantage of this person um but, yeah but we do get boobs we do get boobs because of it because the the girl comes up in a in a vision a couple times yep. and she's got a She's always Some naked. big old titties. Yeah, she's always <laughs> naked. And really nice boobs. So that that is a point. That probably brought my score up. You know, that's probably what it is. It's like, okay, sure. The <laughs> priest had sex with one of his congregants and, like, the daughter of one of his the families. But <laughs> look at them titties. Though. Look at them. I mean, can you blame him? Can You're like, no. I mean... No. No man's perfect. Um, He's like my yeah, man, snapping so, him up, whatever. Like, <laughs> it would have been great if they added a scene, or they just added a added a shot of like Russell Crowe looking at the titties and looking over him. He's like, nice, <laughs> bro. I get it. Nice, dude. I get it, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there, there's that. Um, and then, so, like, they, they find out, like, the main thing is that this is not, just not any demon. This is, this yeah. is like, the the big daddy demon, which yeah. is Asmodeus, which is the king of hell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought that would have been Satan, but apparently it's Asmodeus. I feel like um, a lot of exorcist movies are just, like, yeah, so every demon is, like, the prince of darkness or the king of hell or like the bearer of sin and it's like okay so they're all all of them 
every single yeah one? i mean like with the exorcist like they actually used a it's like a babylonian demon or probably yeah. like a, a babylonian god like which was interesting and even in the exorcist they talked about how like yeah i mean if someone says they're satan i mean that's as as like that's like me saying i'm a napoleon you know it's like <laughs> that sounds crazy um but yeah, so there's there's that, and this is like this actually delves into a little bit of biblical lore. I think it's outside of it was in the trivia of uh, on the IMDb, but there is this like apocryphal book that's found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I'm not sure if it's in the apocrypha or not, but it talks about um these the specific number they use like the number of a is it 200 or 100 demons getting sent down right it was 200 and um it was fallen angels fallen angels yep and they're all named and there's you know specific ones and if you read like um paradise lost i mean it's it's got like named demons i think there's like a lot of like um, kind of apocryphal stories that talk about more specifics about the demons and like kind of the supernatural stuff around the creation. But apparently Asmodeus is one of these like named demons. And was it? I'm trying to find the trivia here. Uh, okay. When the Pope was complaining about the current generation of priests not believing in real existence of the devil anymore, he mentioned about the 200 fallen angels being expelled from heaven. The account of this incident is taken from the Book of Enoch, which was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Enoch mentioned that 200 angels who were called the Watchers lusted after human women and came down to earth on Mount Hermon in the days of Jared, Noah's father. Yeah. These fallen angels cohabitated with human women and produced giants of human-angel hybrid called the Nephilim. The infamous Goliath was one of them. Uh, while this account was told in details of the Book of Enoch, it was only briefly mentioned in Genesis chapter 6 as the preface before the flood of Noah account. Okay. It's kind of interesting, which is like... Now, now, uh, if you did, you ever watch Darren Aronofsky's Noah? I didn't actually. No. Also, also starring Russell Crowe, actually interesting. Oh, like, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, that's kind of a weird movie, but it also like it's almost like a Lord of the Rings movie because they have these these giants in them. Like, oh, this must be the source material for it. So, <laughs> anyways, there's like kind of in go delves into um yeah biblical lore and and legend um to come up with like why who this demon is and why it exists but yeah the craziest thing is so they they find out that this castle is built so i'm unclear so so i thought it was a church i thought the whole thing was a church but apparently it's a castle and then there was a church attached a to it in it there's okay. a chapel inside of the castle, so I think the castle has probably existed for a very long time. And I think that during the Spanish Inquisition, I think this is what they meant, they took all of, like, this was one of the churches that they took all the people who wouldn't convert to, and then they right. killed all of them, put all their bodies in the basement, and, like, then the the 
the guy who did the whole crusade thing was like locked himself in the basement too. Right. And yeah, there's a couple <laughs> spooky skeletons. Like there's so they Russell Crowe finds this well is covered within Vatican. The seal logo. of the Vatican, which it's the like seal of the Vatican. He looks at it and he's like, "I'm gonna break this open." Yeah, fuck <laughs> this thing. Um, so he he pulls off the cover and then the well is like it's kind of weird. Like the inside of the well is lined with skulls. Yep. All the way down. Yeah. And just skulls of you know people that didn't convert to the Catholic Church during the Inquisition. Yep. And then they go down, and there's, like, these massive caverns of, you know, I guess dungeons that were used in the Spanish Inquisition. But then it, like, it goes into one room, and it's like, oh, this is the guy that was in charge of the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. And he's put in this cage because he's protecting the world from this demon and locking it in. So, so I guess we better open up this lock. <laughs> Let me grab the key. All good. I think this is a really good idea, especially with the what's going on upstairs, like with the right. sessions. And it's so the funniest part is that while Russell Crowe and um, the other priest Tomas are down there doing this upstairs, hell is breaking loose. Like the craziest right. shit is happening up there. Like the um, the sun... mom's getting their titties grabbed. Yeah. Like the sons, like chewing off earlobes yeah, you know he, he the daughter's like the daughter's like yeah. getting possessed like she locks herself in a closet but like then later on she like um when they leave her alone for too long because both of the priests end up going in the in the underground dungeon like uh -huh. they leave them alone for too long she ends up getting possessed the mom comes in trying to like sedate the boy and the daughter and the son are like speaking in unison and so she's like what the fuck is going on um she gets like there was like a moment where the mom is like trying to sleep in her bed and like a nightmare on elm street johnny depp right. happens yeah yes. she was like two steps away from being geysered up and to the ceiling as a fountain of blood yep but like, father of marth came in just at the right time before Freddy Krueger got her. Pulled her out of um, the dead pussy and we're yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, so they're down there and then they open up this cavern and then there's another skeleton which is apparently the exorc the main exorcist in charge like both of the skeletons down there were supposedly in charge of the Spanish Inquisition. Yes. But one of them it was his fault or something. And, the and they find out, like, oh, what happened was, get this. <laughs> Asmodeus possessed the the main exorcist guy, and that's what launched the Spanish Inquisition, guys. Yep. So it was it explains why the Catholic Church was so evil. They were just possessed. It's so that, yeah so pretty bold choice to be honest yep. and be like guys guys we found out that the catholic church in boston was possessed <laughs> by a demon that's why countless children were molested 
It wasn't their fault. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's so funny because that also ties into like the, um, the girl that killed herself, Rosaria. Um, she, there was like a brief mention when Russell Crowe is like, oh yeah, she was getting like sexually abused and that came out after she died. And that's why I felt even worse because I just didn't believe her. Cause she was saying mm-hmm. that she was getting fucked by like the church, but he didn't know what that meant until mm. like all that stuff came out. And I think it's funny that they like, first they're like Spanish inquisition, not our fault guys. The demons were here. And then right. like the sexual abuse, the demons were there. Like, we're just going to try to explain away all of this. I just like, mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting. And like, it's, I, I could get more into this in the after pod, but like I went to Catholic school for 12 years of my life. So like, mm-hmm. I'm very aware of the tactics that, like, the Catholic Church does try to use to try to push all that to the side and be like, we're good, don't worry about it, it's all gone, it's fine. It's so, a like, few bad apples. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is, and I think that movie kind of, this movie, like, really plays into that, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been great if um, the other father, um what's his name father tomas was like oh yeah i guess one of the sins that i forgot to mention was i did molest like 20 little boys over the course of 10 years and was like transferred between parishes the entire time yep (laughs) should i have mentioned that yeah was that like is that something that the demon could use i don't know i'm new at this and like yeah, I mean, it's like, it's so hard now with anything with the Catholic Church uh, or anything involving priests to be like, I mean, your mind immediately jumps to like, huh, that priest was fucking kids, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, that's just what the brand is now. Yeah. And Catholic Church has not done themselves any favors in terms of like assuaging fears that that's the case. It's like. Oh wow, that we didn't know. Guys, whew, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it only happened in this place in America, like Yeah, to one and then it's like like two people. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like it's totally and then in Ireland and then elsewhere in the US and (laughs) oh oh, it ends up being every single place that any Catholic priest is. Um yeah, well, it's a few bad apples that we spread around the entire Catholic Church by transferring them every year when someone complains about it. It's funny because so. um, I <laughs> I used to work at um, this place called Brugger's Bagels, and um, it was in high school, and we had I hope he doesn't work there anymore, but I'm not going to name him by a name, but um, mm. we had like a couple years into working there this guy came to work with us he was like a transfer from a different store and he was like the new assistant manager and like he was such a fucking asshole like he was a creep he was an asshole he was so strange like just everything like grown man wife and kids like very creepy towards the teenage girls like myself and the uh, and everyone who worked there was a teenager basically except for the managers so it was uh-huh. like And he was just, he was very angry and very creepy. And then come to find out months into him working there, I'm like, why is this guy like a psychopath? Like, why does he even work here? 
he got transferred transferred from another store because he got in a physical altercation with a customer. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, I know this isn't the same exact thing as what we're talking about, but it just uh-huh. reminds me of that because it's like, why don't you just let this guy go and have him work somewhere else, man? I don't want him here either. Like, what? <laughs> like... Well, the answer is the customer had it coming. <laughs> yeah, so seriously. <laughs> Basically what yeah. they did, but... <sighs> yeah, so I so the the priests find out that it's Asmodeus and then, you know, shit gets real now and then they, mm-hmm. you know, um defeat it by so it, Father Amorth. Yeah. So it getting was, possessed by the demon. <laughs> yeah, the whole time the the reason why he asked for Father Amorth or like said wrong priest at the beginning was because he wanted to inhabit Father Amorth like the like Osmodius did during the Spanish Inquisition to get all of the things that he wanted done to get done. So he's like, I want you, Father Amorth, I want to possess you. So eventually Father Amorth is like, fuck it, I'm just going to let this happen. He he does it, and then he goes immediately to go hang himself. And the demon's like, no, I'm not done with you yet, and like rips the fucking rope down, which is a great scene. Um uh-huh. And, yeah, so he just, it's kind of convoluted how it happens. Like, I, it's kind of interesting. Like, um, he, he goes back in the dungeon and he's like, I'm not going to let you take me over. And his, like, faith is stronger than the demon, but then the demon starts taking over. And then Tomas comes back, like, surprise, I'm going to come help you. And they kind of, from what I understood was that, they got the demon, like, Tomas does the exorcism rites, and uh, Father Amorth, like, has the strength to say some of it, too. And from what I understand is that they kind of expelled the demon to be their sins outside of their body. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because... I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, they, they expelled the demon, and then the demon fell in the water, and it's just turned into the, the Wicked Witch of the West at that point. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, we don't want to gloss over probably one of the best um, best parts of this movie is that while he's being possessed, like, it's bringing up the... When they're down there trying to exercise Father Amorth, like, it... Uh, confront them with their sins again and so we yeah. see like the girl that that uh you know committed suicide but then also father tomas's uh side chick appears in the in the pool just bathed in blood and naked yeah uh, and, and she, yeah so she, you, you go ahead and say it yeah <laughs> so she starts like wrestling with Hamas and he's like now he he knows what to do like he's finally figured out his like faith he's strong in his faith he's like I can exercise these demons now I get it I understand what's going on and he like he's he shows the seal I think I'm pretty sure yeah he presses the seal up to her forehead and she fucking explodes and it is the best gore in the movie in my opinion it is like blood everywhere guts everywhere it is absolutely disgusting but in like the best way possible it is amazing it's a great scene it's really good yeah and then they expel i mean it's pretty they do it in pretty short order once it gets to this point and they expel right. the demon and the demon gets drawn back into hell 
And like, oh, well, I guess that's all it took. I don't know why they couldn't do that in the Spanish Inquisition, but, you know, they solved it. Father of Morth is just that good. Yep. Um, and then they go back and they're, like, reporting on this, and it's almost like the the uh they're in the archives of the vatican or something and it's like the the um the the part in james bond where he visits q you know they're like (laughs) like okay here's your mission and then they're like hey there's 199 more of these demons and we found a morse map or we found a asmodeus's map so we got to go find these other demons and get rid of them and they're like (laughs) all right You um, son of a bitch. Yeah. And then, they're like, do you, Father Amorth is like, you want to do this with me, Tomas? And Tomas is like, hell yeah, brother. And they just like go off into the sunset and find all the demons, I guess. I guess that's Yeah. So they're opening up to sequels. And like, honestly, it would be pretty interesting to see like a series of just, I mean, let's just not act like we're going to rehash the exorcist over and over again and come up and make it seem surprising. Like, yeah, let's just go ahead and uh, fight some demons, you know, do a, it's do fun. a buddy cop movie with a priest fighting demons. Hell yeah. Honestly. I mean, it's, it is, you should watch Constantine. It is pretty close to that feel where it's like Constantine is a kind of a detective, but he's like, um, He's basically a demon hunter, the same same kind of sense, and and uh, you know, the same way that like Father Morth has his bag of goodies of like different amulets and stuff that he uses. Like it's it's got that in Constantine too. So, um, I'll check. As that. much as I can, I'd love to see a Constantine sequel. Like it's probably a better chance to to get a the Pope's Exorcist <laughs> sequel off the yeah. I don't off know. the ground. I'm kind of like. I feel like they might do it because I don't really think I don't I feel like movies nowadays don't really care what kind of reviews they get. They're just going to make more of them. Um, so, well, here's the thing. Like it's it was successful. I mean, horror yeah. movies do well, even yeah. the the worst ones here. Get this. The Exorcist 2 Heretic. Yeah. The most successful Exorcist sequel out of all of them. Are you it made the, the most money. Out of all of them, which is crazy to me. The Exorcist 3 is actually good and didn't surpass The Exorcist 2. This movie um, had an b- estimated budget of $18 million yeah. and grossed $20 million in the U.S. and $76 million worldwide. So, like, yeah, it did it, really well. It made its money. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, if you keep it kind of cheap, why not? do more of these um i would love it it's one of those it's one of those movies that like yeah like you do if a sequel came up you're like why are they making a sequel to that movie no one cared about it's like well because it made money and they're if they can build a thing out of it like it could be a big money maker i think that's the problem with horror movies is that they honestly like it's really hard except for like recent years i feel like it's there's been more of like a resurgence of like original horror movies like kind of like a renaissance kind of vibe but um like it's hard for horror movies to like get good ratings even if they're good and like i think that's a little different now because because of like you know the more originality we're seeing and this one is even pretty original like i will say like it's it's inventive it's action-packed it's it's very entertaining but like i think it's 
like no matter how good horror movies do, I feel like it's still very difficult um, for them to get like a really stellar rating because they don't win awards. Like they just straight up don't. Like you're never gonna see. Like you're not really gonna see a horror movie win like a uh, Oscar or whatever. Like. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh I mean genre movies in general are kind of looked down upon by yeah. by critics. Um it, it's pretty rare that they really appreciate um genre movies like if it's like using a formula like horror or western or anything like that, but um you know, they can it can poke through. I mean, honestly, it's like the other thing with horror movies is that they're used as a couple things by the studios which is number one a money maker like you can put out a really cheap horror movie and it's going to make a lot of money for the studio yeah um even if it's a retread of a you know everything that's come before it um and also it's like a good proving ground for like new directors so you're not you don't have the names that pull in like like it's not going to be a a um big name director it's not usually going to have any big names that are actors yeah um they're going to be people maybe that you've recognized from other stuff but it's like unproven so it doesn't get nearly as much t- attention but when it works it like it blows people away and it's like a genuine breath of fresh air i mean i'm looking at <clears throat> some reviews on rotten tomatoes i mean talk to me got 94 percent yeah rating mm-hmm. um when evil lurks is at 99 that's a streaming on shutter i think oh i didn't see that um saw x got 79 Ugh. which is crazy Don't get me did started. you did you see saw x i did i you didn't you didn't like it audience score is 89 percent i'm not people love it say that okay it was like over two hours long Number one. Oh, which yeah, is like pretty rough. Fucking crazy because the first saw was like an hour and 15. Um, but yeah, I, it was, I thought I was watching like a drama for the first 35 minutes of the movie. It is not mm. saw. It is not. Interesting. It is. I don't know if you're planning on seeing it. I think you should because it takes place after the first saw and before the second saw. Oh. But it's funny because it's like everyone looks really old, obviously, because it's been 20 years. Right. But um, it's it's very interesting. And I don't know. I don't I I liked the 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 traps they did. The traps were very original, inventive. It wasn't repetitive. Mm. They were pretty gross, like pretty nasty. But um, yeah, a lot of people in the theater were straight up on their phones, like on their phones. <laughs> And I nice. didn't even blame them. Like, I did not blame yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I that's that's what I love about the genre. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's underappreciated by by critics. But like when it when they shine through, they're the most interesting movies. Like, I agree. It's like, yeah, if you want to win an Oscar, you know, you got to make a drama. Yeah. Possibly a period piece or a biopic. Um, have a, uh, ethnic cast now. Apparently they changed the rules with, with the Oscars that you, you can't even submit it unless it has like a certain, like, um, makeup of diversity in the cast, which is 
interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the, the critics thing, that's a game and that's like part of the game of Hollywood to, to play that and, and to get promotion through praise. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, horror movies are horror movies and they're, you know, you got the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. Some other scores from Rotten Tomatoes, Five Nights at Freddy's is 30%. <laughs> um, Exorcist Believer is 22%. Whoa. So, I mean, there's, there's some stinkers out there. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a interesting movie. It's a, it's a good addition to the, the exorcism, you know, pantheon of movies. Um, yeah. So who do you think would like uh, this? Who would watch this? Yeah, I think uh, if you like Constantine, you'll like this one. Um, I think um, if you're into exorcism movies but are kind of tired of the retreads of, like, the same retellings of, like, or the same formula as The Exorcist, um, like, this this adds some interesting stuff into it. Um, just religious horror in general, it's a pretty good entry into it um yeah yeah no i i totally agree um i think it would be like a fun movie to watch with your friends and like i think it's definitely original like there are original parts of it it's you're right it's not like a retread but yeah i think i think people that like action-packed horror movies would really enjoy this one yeah Anything else you want to say about the Pope's Exorcist? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we covered everything. All right, cool. Um, so you want to get into the game that I've made Let's up? Let's do it. Um, Let's get the game. Let me find the answers. I don't know where I put them. Um, <laughs> but one second. But yeah, so we're going to do Guess the Horror Movie by a quote. Um, I have eight quotes. And okay. I kind of started off um, easier, but I also didn't pick the most famous quote from each movie. Okay. So. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Number one. Here lies the body of Mary Lee, died at the age of 103. For 15 years, she kept her virginity. Not a bad record for this vicinity. I think that's Jaws, isn't it? You are yes. correct. <laughs> that is Jaws. That that feels very much like a old sea captain quote. Yeah, and like I was also like, if I do, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Like that's not that's gonna right. be really yeah. easy. <laughs> all right, all right. So you got one point. Um, I didn't write down who the characters are, so if you want to give that to me, I will believe you. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So number two. The problem with your daughter is not her bed, it's her brain. Oh, that's the exorcist. Yes, it is. I wanted to stay yeah. on theme, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. Good job. Uh, number three. 13th birthday is unlucky anyway. Too old to get tit, too young to get ass. Fucked either way. This one might be hard. Oof. Thirteen. Mm -hmm. If you want a hint, is the is the is the character talking about themselves, no. or are they talking about? 
someone else. This are they talking to the thirteen year old? They are talking to the thirteen year old who is the main character in the movie. The thirteen year old is the main character in the movie. What is your hint? Too young to get tit. Wait, say say the quote to get tit. Get tit. Too... So it's a male character. No, too yeah, too old to get tit, too young to get ass. Fucked either way. Ooh, is this sleepaway camp? You are close, I would say, in the same kind of vein. Um, this is people under the stairs. People under the stairs. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it sounded familiar. We've <laughs> we've covered that one before. Yeah, it's like the eighties, nineties kind of early nineties mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, this is. I think this one's kind of easy, but we'll see. Um, number four. I never wanted to be your mother. Oh, that's it? Yeah. I I never wanted to be your mother? Yeah. Is the character the actual mother? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Is this Evil Dead Rise? No! It's not! It's hereditary! Hereditary! Oh! I thought it was good. I never wanted to be your mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could have done, like, the speech, but I felt like, you know, when she's like, I am your mother, like, it's, I feel like that would have been too easy, so I kind of, that's when she's having okay. the, like, um, the dream, where she sets them on fire. She's like, I never wanted to be your brother. Do you remember that? Oh, no, I don't remember that. Fuck, yeah. I'm going to rewatch it. All right, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a rare miss for Bryce. <laughs> All right. All right, so I'm, I think I'm two out of is it two out of four or two out of five now you're two out of four okay that's not bad we have eight i can i can pull it out i can pull it out yeah i have faith in you all right number five i'm your number one fan there's nothing to worry about you're going to be just fine Maybe this won't be a fan. I'm your number one fan. Oh man, I'm gonna kick myself when I don't get it. You probably will. But I I am coming up with a blank. I'm your number one fan. Say it again. I'm your number one fan. There's nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. Can you give me a hint? Um, there's basically only two characters in this movie, and it's kind of set in the same room, house kind of vibe. I don't know if that is that's not a good hint. Oh, oh, it's misery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm glad you got that, because the number one fan is kind of like, I yeah, I mean, I, that should have been the first thing that came to my head when I thought fan. Okay. Quotes are hard. I don't know. All right. So Quotes are hard. <laughs> you're three out of five, though. So, All right. Number six. The people who were supposed to protect you from the monsters turned out to be monsters themselves. This could really go a lot of ways, I feel like. Yeah. People are just... <laughs> Um, 
think you guys did this movie. Yeah, it sounds kind of familiar. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I don't know. I give up. Um, do you want another hint? I can give you a hint. Sure, give me a hint. Um, it's another Stephen King. The people that were supposed to protect you ended up being the monsters. Stephen King. <laughs> Tommy Knockers. No. I don't know. Gerald's game. What is it? Gerald's game. Yeah. Did you guys do that? I don't think we've done that one. Really? But yeah. Okay. Who are the monsters in that that they're talking about? Um, the people. Have you? You've the seen legal it? system. Yeah. Um. The the woman, the main character, her when she she was abused, sexually abused by her father as a kid. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would have never gotten flashbacks. that. Flashbacks. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, that was a hard one. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, two more. Number seven. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Oh. Um, it follows. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing a sequel to that. Did you know? Yeah. Yeah, they follow. They follow. The non-binary. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's only only non-parent binary ghosts are chasing after you. <laughs> lots of crew cuts, lots of pink hair. Yep. <laughs> just like very slim, naked bodies. You know. Just no, no genitals. Nothing. nothing yeah, no enough. genitals. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this is the last one. Um, I don't. I don't even know if you've seen this movie. So we'll see. Um. Do you want to give up? You want to sit here and die? Tell me, and I will sit here and die with you. Uh, is this like a disaster movie? Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely. Kind of. Um. So probably like a zombie movie. Ding ding. ding. Is it? And you're not sure if we've watched it. I don't... You guys haven't reviewed it. I know that. Okay, so it's not Dawn of the Dead. Um, There's so many zombie movies, though. I don't know. Like, uh... Return of the Living Dead 3? I don't know. (laughs) No. Um, It's The Crazies. Oh, The Crazies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we watched that on a watch party once, but we oh. never reviewed it. Oh, I think I think I saw that, but yeah. So I don't think I passed the halfway mark. I think I stayed at. Did I get four? I think I got four. I think you got four, eight. so that's kind of like winning. So you won! Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Like I said, there's the new It Follows coming out, which I'm excited for, but they don't have a date for that yet. We have, you said, you mentioned to me that you're excited for Thanksgiving, that movie that's coming out. Yeah, and I think we're actually probably going to review, this is kind of an oddity, it's going to feel a little bit like a horror movie talk plus, but supposedly, um, shit, that new Nick Cage movie. Oh, dream scenario. 
dream scenario yeah. that is classified as comedy horror okay um so it's a comedy first but also classified as horror so i'm gonna try to cover that one um but yeah other movies coming out so dream scenario i'm excited for um thanksgiving um and i th- wasn't there another a24 one coming out in addition to that i'm not 100 percent it's hard on Fandango because it, it lumps in all of the like streaming ones as well. I know. Um, so you can never you can never tell what's actually like legit and what's just like oh this is going to be on Amazon Prime in the basement. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful knife is coming out. Oh, Christmas. That's probably a that's probably a streaming one. Probably. Oh no, that one's coming to theaters this Friday. It's a wonderful knife. Oh, holy shit. That sounds like a Christmas movie, though. Uh-huh. All right. Interesting. <laughs> sounds, sounds great. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, a couple of good things to look forward to. I think we had a lot more horror movies coming out earlier this year, um, like a ton. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like this, this Pope's Exorcist came out this year. So, looking forward to more horror doing older movies too um but yeah um you have you have anything else nope let's uh bring it on home all right um so it's produced this episode was produced by me sydney and edited by fart simpson um thank eh, actually it's probably going to be edited automatically but um, not that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's edited automatically. Um, just kidding. Um, okay. But we still love Fart. Fart Fart will most likely be back when we, fart, we love get you. a little more stability. Yeah. Um, we love you, Fart. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. Thank you for... Um, if there is going to be some sort of voting for um, the next host vote for me um like i'll make shirts that say like vote for pedro but they're vote for sydney um so yeah i hope you guys liked hearing my voice um thank you to the new patrons sign up for our patreon um share this with a friend post it on your story send a letter to your mom about it i don't know um (laughs) say hello to your mother for me um Yeah, if you if you want to leave a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. Wow, that didn't sound good.